listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. My dreams, they feel real while we're in them, right? It's only when we wake up that we realize something was actually strange. Let me ask you a question. You never really remember the beginning of a dream, do you? You always wind up right in the middle of what's going on. I guess, yeah. So how did we end up here? Well, we just came from the, uh... Think about it, Ariadne. How did you get here? Where are you right now? We're dreaming. Welcome to the One Take Podcast, folks. Episode 60, a nice round, even number. And because of that, we are bringing to you live and in person a uh, Inception review, a movie that is fantastic, and I will not hear any other debates about it. Mm-hmm. T-J, <laughs> T-J, hashtag T just canceled. Um, yeah, so uh, thank you for those of us uh, from Apollo Houston joining us on Twitch. Uh, on the One Take Podcast YouTube account. Go follow those accounts. We really appreciate your time uh, and streaming us. I know it's late. My body betrayed me yesterday. This was supposed to be a yesterday thing. Uh, my head was splitting in half. But hey, we're good. Everything's yeah. fine. We back. And we're going to talk Inception, <laughs> which obviously will make your head feel better. It, yeah, you know, for sure. That's the best thing for a migraine is talking yeah. about Christopher Nolan movies. I think mm. half the reason I had a migraine yesterday was because of the <laughs> <laughs> just just so loud. Holy shit, this movie is loud. All Nolan movies are loud. Yeah. Um, so Inception. Let's let's just get the uh, let's just get the general consensus of what people think this movie is. Inception came out in 2010, it's rated PG-13 as a two hour and two, 28 minute runtime, as Mo- Nolan movies do. It's long. Uh, has an 8.8 on IMDb, rated the number 13 movie of all time by fans on IMDb. Jesus, it's uh, the synopsis is a thief who steals corporate secret secrets. A thief who steals corporate secrets through the use of dream sharing technology is given the inverse task of planting an idea in the mind of a CEO written and directed by Christopher Nolan stars Leonardo DiCaprio in the most just non-character actor Leonardo DiCaprio movie ever. He's just playing Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, Yeah. Just be, be interesting white guy. (laughs) Joseph Gordon-Levitt, uh, now Elliot Page, formerly uh, Ellen Page, when this movie came out. Tom Hardy, uh, Ken Watanabe, uh, Cillian Killian Murphy. I could never pronounce that right. Tom Berenger, Marion Cultiard as the uh, scariest person on the planet. And of course, uh, Michael Caine. <laughs> as always. <laughs> It has like two lines in this movie, um, but he had to be in it. It's a Christopher Nolan joint. Uh, this movie was a hit, man. This made so much money. Good Lord. $160 million budget off the back of uh, The Dark Knight. So he, Nolan's getting his way at this point. 
$836 million worldwide gross. This movie for a two hour and 36, two hour and 28 minute uh, dream romp made so much money. Yeah, it's a, it's a dream heist. It, I don't know how to describe this movie other than that. Exactly. Uh, let's see what it has. It has a 74% on Meta, uh, Metacritic, which is actually kind of uh, kind of high for Metacritic. It won four Oscars, including Best Achievement in Cine- uh, Cinematography for Wally uh, Fister. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Best Achievement in Sound Mixing, Best Achievement in Sound Editing, Best Achievement in Visual Effects. It was nominated for Best Motion Picture of the Year, Best uh, Writing Original Screenplay, Best Achievement in Music Written for a Motion Picture by Hans Zimmer, which I feel like he kind of maybe got robbed on that, um, and Best Achievement in Art Direction. Really quick, just to amuse myself here, I want to see who won besides Hans Zimmer. Yeah, I'm trying to this, think of what would have been better. This was nominated for oh, the Screenplay or won? It was nominated. You know, you know what best original screenplay. You know what did win, and obviously it should have won the um, Social Network score. Oh, oh yeah. Trent, the score of this film is really good. But Trent uh, uh, Reznor and Atticus Ross, which I can see that. Yeah, I think tough, right tough year to be in that category. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, let's see here. It has. That was a great year for the Oscars, by the way. When we, I mean, the King's Speech still won, so I mean, people will that. But just about to say that uh, has an eighty-seven percent critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, ninety-one percent audience score. Smart, innovative, and thrilling. Inception is the rare summer blockbuster that succeeds viscerally as well as intellectually. Oh my God! Yeah, I don't know about all that. Teed says no. Face, bro. Oh says, <laughs> that's says a ridiculous. No. That is, that's absolutely ridiculous. I want to go last. I want you to say what you think about this movie first. I'm gonna say this: liking popular things, disliking popular things, doesn't make you an interesting person. I am not the devil's <laughs> advocate person. I am not the person who dislikes popular things. I'm well, let's go with, with pop and pop culture, but this particular film. I was gonna say, let's go with king pop culture. Dex, go ahead. Yeah, I am the ultimate pop culture participator, uh, but I somehow didn't see this movie in the theaters when it came out. I was late to this. I was like, that sounds dumb. I don't know why everybody's so excited about it. And then I watched it a couple years later, and I was like, oh, yeah, I get it. Uh, You know, watching it, I watched it again, like in pieces yesterday and finished it today. It's still really good. It's still really fun. It's not as smart as it thinks it is. And I think we're all kind of seeing the seams of Christopher Nolan movies at this point. Like with Tenet, we all saw it. Like watching this movie again, it's like, oh, he's doing the same exact thing that he did in Tenet years later. But it's still really fucking cool. Like the, the hallway fight scene is still dope. Them like slowly falling off a bridge in a van into like a river or whatever they fell into was still dope. Like the concept is still dope. And if you just kind of shut your brain off and just like let the movie be smarter than you, it's still like really good. But if you if you want to like pick holes in it or like ask questions, it's like mm, things don't really make sense. I don't know what this means or what it's about, but it's still a great time. All the actors did their thing and it's fun. They're cool. Everybody's movie is really hot. Like just literally every person in this film looks incredible. Even Michael Caine. 
but yeah I, I love this movie I, I give it like an a minus now i think the first time i saw it it would have been an a plus but it's an a minus now all right Pete, do you want to go or you want me to go nope i want you to go first all right sorry i'm tweeting out links all right so the thing about this movie for me based on nostalgia alone did you give it a grade dex a minus a minus a minus okay i i I gotta go with an a a solid 95 because uh yeah you're right it's kind of coming apart at the seams a little bit with christopher nolan like what if the movie was in reverse (laughs) all right (laughs) Um, (laughs) we get it dude you're trying to you're, you're trying to do stuff i mean and I feel this way about Dunkirk. Like there was no reason to make Dunkirk the way that he made Dunkirk. People love it, but you know, this is the same sort of thing. When I saw this movie now looking at it uh, and I kind of watched, I watched a little bit of the matrix last night too. Some of the stuff that they were doing in the mate in, in this movie with effects and stuff they were doing with the matrix in 1999. So effects wise, it's still brilliant. And it's still something we really hadn't seen in theaters. But as far as the story goes, it's a little convoluted. You got to really trust what the actors are saying with to you. You got to believe everything that Leo's saying is true. Don't ask questions. Shut up. Don't like, just stop talking. Just shush. And let the, let the pretty people explain dreams to you. Um, but based on nostalgia alone, I remember being, and for those of you watching, Dex and I are, are ch- children. Um, I remember being 15 in the theater watching this. And this is baby's first like brain bending cinema where yeah. I was like, oh, like, oh no, what's going on? What is this? I, and then just to skip all the way ahead when we talk about it later, when the the final scene with the top that drove pop culture. I'm not kidding months, the entire summer, this came out, this was a summer blockbuster and it was nominated for all these Oscars and stuff. Rightfully so, especially technically, but it was like, is Leo going to get nominated for an Oscar for inception? No, if for inception, there there was that talk, man, I guarantee you. Um, and then there was just all this hype around Christopher Nolan because there was that we knew him as the Batman guy, right? I mean, film people knew him as Memento. And of course the procedure had come out before this, but off the back of a blockbuster like the dark Knight, that just still is, is everyone's best film, like superhero film in their head canon. But like the, the, the hype that this gave Christopher Nolan, I feel like this film gave Christopher Nolan, after, even besides Dark Knight, the agency to do whatever he wanted to. And after this film, we've started to see the Christopher Nolan that we know now. But all of that being said, this film still slaps. This film rules, man. I don't know what to... I, it, it was so cool. It's so fun to watch, TJ. I don't know what you're talking about. That hallway scene is so incredible and so fun. And this is the perfect use of slow motion. Eat your heart out, Zack Snyder. It was just all these <laughs> things combined. And it doesn't really let you rest 
that often for a two hour and 28 minute movie. It's pretty snap. Like, I feel like it's pretty, it moves pretty quickly. Yeah, because you're constantly like either learning new important information or like the hallway is flipped upside down. So mm-hmm. like, you're like, what the fuck is happening? Right. And by the time you get out of it for the first, I remember the first, it's whiplash. You're like, what? All right, let's break that down. <laughs> now it's kind of like, all right, we've been here. Inception is now a term. It was never really a term. It's now just a thing that people use as like jokes or people people use it incorrectly to refer to the wrong thing but Mm -hmm. you know like yeah still uh it it just is one of those things that lives so rent free in my mind and has for going on 11 years now that i can't help but still be blown away by this movie. And now maybe that's a little unfair to going back and looking at it in retrospect, but this movie is still, I think leagues better than even interstellar. Uh, Oh, for sure. I haven't seen Tenet yet, but I like this movie. I know people are going to get mad at me in the comments. I like this movie better than prestige to me. I, it, it, it just, I like this movie better than two Batman films. Uh, it, it just holds, this place in my heart that I can't give it below an A, you know, it's just, I just can't, sorry. It's, it's incredible filmmaking. The story is convoluted. Let's go teach. I, right. I, I can't believe that you don't enjoy this film at all. Yeah. I will acknowledge, I will acknowledge one thing about this film. It is very, very good looking film. Like it's 100% an achievement uh, visually in terms of the way the film is edited in terms of the way the film looks the scene where they go to the final level that's like he built when you're seeing like the uh, bit, like the, the, the uh, structures crashing down uh-huh. on the beach, like that is so, so good looking. I saw this movie in theaters and you cannot take away from what they were able to accomplish with the way this film looks. But the main problem, there are a lot of problems with Inception. The main problem with Inception, there's only two things that this movie can be and it is bad at being both of them. It's either an action film which means that you have to look at these set pieces and realize that these set pieces are boring as hell other than the one that's in the hotel, which is really cool because of the gravity effects. But the snow, the, the whole James Bond and the snow thing, boring as shit. <laughs> that, was whole, a, uh, that was a Call whole, of Duty level. <laughs> the whole, like, we're going to sit in this car and a train's going to drive through and everybody all of a sudden has guns. None of that stuff has to exist in this film if the film was just about these dreams, right? If, if there were these people, these projections in the film that are going to attack you, they didn't actually have to have guns and military equipment. They could have literally just been like on some blood sport shit and walking up to people and punch them in the face. But the, the reason why it fails as an action film is because there's no stakes in what you're seeing physically. Everybody that dies in this film doesn't actually die in real life. So you're seeing people die like an action movie. But they so say you can't. actually dying. You Yes, they say that you can, but it still doesn't create stakes because... Everybody you see die in this film survives the film. Everyone you don't know you that until the end. You do, but you know, like you, you know that all the projections are people that are that don't exist and don't matter. And you That's know true. that the main characters, when they're dying, are just waking back up. So automatically, the action part of the movie fails because when you go into an action movie, you're seeing people get beat up or killed, and none of that exists in the film. So okay, maybe it's not an action movie, even though there's like a million action set pieces. Maybe it's like a psychological thriller. And the reason it fails as a psychological thriller is because the characters are flat and there's literally no emotional weight to the film. 
so you have this storyline of this guy who's lost his family or at least lost his wife. You, you literally see his wife commit suicide in this film. And it's like, there's no, there's no emotional weight. There's no tear jerking moment. There's no, and you have all these talented actors and actresses on set and they don't ever make us feel for any of these people because there's no emotion in this film. There's I literally no emotion in this film. All the characters are super flat. They're all archetypes. None of them are interesting. And I think from a writing perspective, it really fails on both of those perspectives. The reason why people like Inception is because uh, the, the concept is cool, which it's objectively cool. But like the concept of Final Destination is cool or the concept of The Purge is cool, but no one comes to you and says, oh my God, have you seen the latest Purge movie? It's a masterpiece. This movie's also like the concept. What are you doing? This movie stinks too. <laughs> no. this, there's nothing happening here. Okay, and the main problem with this movie, what is this movie about? I don't mean what, what the plot of this movie is. I mean, like, what is this movie about? Why was this movie written? What is this movie trying to elicit from the viewer? It is literally a movie about itself. It, the, the only thing you're supposed to be thinking about when you leave this movie is the movie. Like, you're not supposed to be thinking about your role or where you would come into this movie or some societal conversation or some higher level thing. Like, in The Matrix, you're not just leaving thinking about how cool The Matrix was. You're leaving thinking about, oh, I understand that they were trying to make a point. The only point that's trying to be made with this film is that I'm Christopher Nolan, I'm cool as shit, and I'm a filmmaker, and we're going to make a movie about how filmmakers put ideas into your head. Duh. And it's just and like I, such I a, love that. <laughs> it's like a such a self-referential circle jerk. I don't know how that part connects to like the average person because most people aren't movie nerds or, or like people who work in the movie industry. So I, it is it is a credit to him that that was able to connect with people because at the base of it, this film is about nothing but the film. Like it's about the film. Like look how cool this thing is that I made. That's yeah. what it's about. And well, it's that just, was the. It, that was the thing in the theater. I guarantee you the average Joe that doesn't go to a thousand movies a year like we do was like, what the fuck? This is incredible. Exactly. Yeah. In which there are cool moments of, the, of this of this film, but like as a, as a storytelling device, it just doesn't, it's not even that the plot is, plot is convoluted because that's every Nolan movie for more or less like, it's fine. You're able to figure out what happens in the movie. It's not like you leave the movie. You don't know what happened other than the, the, the kind of ending they leave on the, on the cliff, which is a really cool way to end the, end the movie. That's probably my favorite shot of the film. I've Play said out, this. Like, fade for... out from the Leo thing. Leo's over there with the kids. You can hear them in the background, but really you're just seeing this top. I, I, that is a completely genius way to end a movie where the main character is like questioning his own reality at all times, right? Objectively amazing way to end the movie. But the movie, I just don't think that the movie has any emotional stakes. So that moment is only cool as a thought exercise, but it's not actually cool as a, no one leaves the movie theater happy that Leo found his kids because we don't know those fucking kids and we don't have, we don't care about Leo's family. We literally don't care what happens to him or anybody else in this movie. And I think that's why it fails. So I would give it, I would say like, it's like a B minus and it bores me to tears. I've probably seen it four times now. It bores me to tears every time because I cannot find any path that to go on other than this looks really cool that's the only path that i can take to having an enjoyable experience of this film. what i will give you is watching this movie the second time i was like i forgot pretty much every character motivation that's in this movie <laughs> because it just does not matter there's only like three yeah, like this guy like everybody else in there is just father. there to be paid and all this other shit, I'm like, I don't, I don't give a fuck about this. Like, I don't care about this dude's dad at all. Like, I don't care about this dude's like energy empire or whatever it is that he does. 
Like, I, I don't care about any of this bullshit. Like, I just want to talk about dreams and dreams and what's real and what's not real. <laughs> this film is also missing, like, even though there are a lot of great actors and actresses in this movie, it's really missing a signature performance. Because like y'all said, and we all know that Leo was one of the goats, but we could all name seven better Leo performances, right? We could Man. all name better Tom Hardy performances. We could all name better Joseph Gordon-Levitt performances. It's because, like, they don't have anything to do. Like, Leo's miss- just on set Gio being though. cool. He can't do anything, man. Like, Leo has nothing to do. Like, I feel like what this movie's really missing is if you have some emotional stakes, Leo gets to shed a tear somewhere. He gets to do something amazing. But there's no That's one why I Leo jumped scene. out a window, T. What yes, are we but, doing? But what, did you have hear anybody after this film talking about, oh, my God, did you did you see Leo in the scene where his wife jumped? Oh, my God. It, it was like, it, it, like, hit me here. Of course it doesn't. Because nobody cares about the fucking wife. Because we've seen her die. She's gonna, she dies like seven times in this she film. She does nobody die like cares. seven different times. He even shoots her. And we're just like, oh, okay. She got shot. Like, she got thrown. Like, she, it's just like, we don't, they're, these aren't humans. Like, these are literally just, we're, everybody that we're seeing on screen is like a projection, which is literally the Nolan point of filmmaking and using these projections to put ideas in your head. However, what what it misses is not having any emotional sex. So even when his wife commits suicide, which should be something that you walk out of a movie theater thinking like, that was a really emotional moment in my life that I experienced in this film. You don't remember that shit when you leave the film. You're just like, holy shit, that hallway scene was amazing. They were floating and shit. Like, you don't remember that shit. Like, I think that's my biggest problem with the film. And I know that Nolan can write characters that are more 3D. And I know that he can write characters with some real emotional sex because I've seen other Nolan films where he's able to accomplish it. Dunkirk, even though it's a weird movie making choices all over Dunkirk, I still felt like he was able to give me some human story and some emotion out of that film that just doesn't exist in, in this film in any way, shape, or form. I will say- That's it, in, in red. <laughs> and all that for a B minus. I thought you were going like F. No, I wasn't gonna. Sh- it, like it's it, well, I've seen it more than once, so it can't be that bad. Like it's not like the worst movie ever. I just I I think my aversion to it is more that I know everybody likes it, and I'm I'm just like it's so easy to see what this film was really missing. He could have really made a classic. Well, he already made a classic because people love it, but like he could have made something that was like mind blowingly good. It was he was so close, and I just feel like he just had to like focus a little bit less on the dream within a dream stuff and a little bit more on the human aspects. There's a uh, there's a saying or a theory that I've kind of been working on for a while. It is going to come off bad, but trust me, I'm in this camp, so don't get mad at me because I'm talking about myself. Please uh, don't cancel us. <laughs> Christopher Nolan makes Oscar films for dumb people. Yeah, and yeah. I'm in that camp where I'm like. Dude, give it like 18, you know, because I'd rather watch this than Nomadland. Yeah. Okay, so would I, because Nomadland was the most boring movie I've ever so, seen. But Nomadland is really, really good. It's just incredibly boring. <laughs> but yeah, Christopher Nolan is definitely that guy where it's like, he'll give you like baby's first, first prestige film, like no matter like what age you are, like he can mm-hmm. hit you with that shit. Because I have people still who talk to me and I'm like, yeah, I love movies. I like do a movie podcast, blah, blah, blah. Like I talk about movies all the time. They're like, oh, have you seen Interstellar? That shit is mind blowing, dude. I fucking love Interstellar. Like, that movie fucking sucks. Movie's ass. <laughs> <laughs> how, you feel about it, how you feel about Inception, I will say, I feel about Interstellar. I I've come off that movie so hard. I um, hate Interstellar, but I hate it for very different reasons, but I hate it. 
Yeah, it's like Dark Knight, Interstellar, like Memento is the film nerd one. Yeah, Memento, even the Prestige is like baby's first Oscar film or baby's first Prestige film. Man, I fucking love Memento, and and you still you do see the scenes when you go back and watch it. But I was I was a kid when I watched it, and it was just like the coolest thing in the world to me. Like I I was a kid when I saw that, and I was like, oh my god, this is so cool! They're telling the movie out of order. The I will say, just getting into the movie, we've been at breaking it down and breaking it down. And Derek Foltz, shout out, thanks for watching. He says uh, he one hundred percent agrees with you. Longtime guest of the podcast. (laughs) Derek Foles. Uh, he said you're 100 percent correct. So shit. Um, it, it, the the plot of this is this mo- of this movie is very Republican. It's one CEO is trying to get money from the other CEO of a of an in- energy company. That's it. That's actually the plot. But we're supposed to have done so much more with this shit. Like you have such a cool concept for the dream within a dream and like planning an idea thing and all you can think to. The only idea you can think to plant is one corporation. Break up your company. <laughs> yeah, like we could have had something like you're going to save the world. Like this company is creating a nuclear bomb that will probably lead to like nuclear technology being like readily accessible to we need the to average terrorist. The, the we need to stop. Like it, there's some, there's a way that you could bring that to the ground level so that the, the regular Joes in the movie theater could have been like, oh, okay, I get the stakes, but like they don't fucking care if one energy company or the other energy company is like running the, like nobody cares. And you could tell he thought about that because the other guy literally says, hey, if he if you let him do this and he doesn't dissolve the company, he's basically going to have a monopoly and that's going to be bad for the world. But we don't know why that's bad for the world as the regular people. We just think that this dude wants to be able to keep his business and his money. So he's got to get rid of the competition. Like that's what the film is about. This is pre-Amazon, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Not technically, but like before. This is before the Amazon that we know now. Yeah, this is the before times where we were just like, oh, big companies. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, now, now everything is a big company, but at that point, it was been things are a bit simpler. Uh, yeah. It could have been like starting the idea for like a revolution or starting like something like that's like cool instead of oh, we're gonna plant the idea to break up your fucking. I cannot company. believe that that is what happened at, the, at what was in the final script of like yeah, two big fucking energy barons are basically having a a, a war. Like let's do it. Like, but you can tell like Christopher Nolan he writes his own scripts because it, 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 I mean, I think his wife is his producing partner as well, but um, there is a definite, he gets final say on all of his stuff. And that's the price that I think WB uh, pays for having this massive creative that brings it, that say what you will about Christopher Nolan puts asses in the seats. They're all hits. Yeah. They're all hits. <laughs> He Even puts, mid-pandemic, I was like, I've been here night one for Tenet. Fuck right. that. that. That's also why I like Tenet. I know you haven't seen it, Roy. That's also why I like Tenet, because it was like a pared-down version of, of Nolan realizing, like, here's what I'm good at. Here's what people care about. I'm going to cut the rest of the shit out. Like, I'm not even going to attempt to create a cognizable plot that you understand. I'm literally going to tell you in the film, just feel the movie. Do not try to understand what I'm doing. Just have a blast at the movie theater. And I really did have a blast at the movie theater because I literally, once they told me that I did, I stopped caring about the plot whatsoever. I literally was like, I don't know what's happening. I don't care. Denzel Washington's son looks amazing on screen. Holy shit. That's the new Batman on screen. He looks awesome. And I'm just going to watch shit get blown up. And I was like, sure, whatever. <laughs> People are hot. They're on screen. <laughs> You're like 15 <laughs> minutes into that movie. And he's just like, 
don't understand it just feel it and it's like okay i'm with it let's L- go literally the opening set piece I'm, I'm just like okay that was awesome but like what the fuck did i just watch i have no idea who's who or what's what and they got masks on so i can't hear them and the fucking sound editing is horrendous and so all i hear is gunshot oh, that movie sounds like, so bad <laughs> that movie it sounds, sounds so bad. awful that's one thing I, I put on Twitter about Christopher Nolan mil- films. I, I put on Twitter as I'm just a man standing in front of Christopher Nolan, asking him to turn down his film just a tad, man. Just turn it down just a bit. And Brad Brown, a, a good friend of the uh, podcast, he was he was he said, not even that, man. Just turn up the the speaking parts a little bit. Yes, yes like don't let, let us it get, get blared talk, out man. by Travis Scott songs and fucking <laughs> uh, like catamarines and boats and gunshots. Like you can't hear shit in Tenet. And, and <laughs> Tenet is louder. Tenet is somehow louder than Inception, which is a super loud movie. Even at home when I was watch- rewatching, I was like, man, this film is loud. Like this is a this is a loud film, bro. I watch things with uh, I watch things with subtitles, regardless Same. if they're in English or not. Like I just Same. I have to and because i can't hear without the subtitles yeah i'm deaf at this point (laughs) 26 i'm just like what the what (laughs) my fiance is so annoyed by it but like i'm just uh i've been doing this for so long that it's just it's all it's it's all blur and but this movie and so i normally watch things you know 70 80 range if i'm watching a movie on my tv it's loud in my house i had to turn this thing down to like 40 or 50 i'm just like (laughs) just incredibly loud and it, it blew me away but like talking about the movie and, and talking about the the technical feats of this movie we were saying that you know and because i was watching the matrix and just watching the matrix last night there are a bunch of things in this movie that it it, it looks like they did in the matrix back in 1999 but it was it holds up so well and it held up back then it, nolan uses it feels like as little CGI or he blends it so well that I can't ever tell it holds up so well. It's shocking. This movie is 11 years old. Now go back and watch a ton of movies from 2010 and you'll be like, they look like shit. Go back and watch the <laughs> Avengers from 2010. I guarantee you. Oh, like, it looks oh, so bad. <laughs> uh, like go watch Thor dark world. You'll be like, what, the, what is this? Um, but yeah, it, it starts out and I took a ton of notes on this film and I hadn't taken a lot of notes recently, but it starts out with him arriving in limbo. Cause it's, it, it's a Christopher Nolan movie. It starts at the end. Um, and, but we were talking about it being loud. Hans Zimmer's at a 10 because it's, <laughs> it is immediately not the, the, the strings and the electric guitar, like the, it's the, and you're like, fuck. <laughs> Hans Zimmer was in his fucking bag in this movie. I'm he usually not the, this movie. I'm he usually not the person to be movie. like, oh wow, the score of this movie is so good. Like I'm not paying attention. I don't give a fuck. But in this movie, like that shit hits. That shit bang. We know like we know like he three. Did he did. We know like three composers: Hans Zimmer, Christopher Williams, uh, and Trent Reznor. Because Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Yeah. And that's he was just not, that's because I know he's like that's nine inch nails like that's yeah <laughs> um it, dude like a lot of rappers like indie rappers like back in the mixtape blogger era were like rapping over Hans Zimmer's samples from this movie mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. there were a ton of Inception like rap samples and I was that's how I found out about this movie originally was I'll find the name of it rapper uh, rapping over but the I, main score of the when he's arriving at the airport at the very final 
scene and it kind of that's when it finally kicks up that thing that that was the that's the best uh piece of music it's so good so uh good. i think it's literally just called time yeah it is is makes sense. go go find it now or listen to it when you're waking up in the morning on your way to work when the sun is like kind of coming up you'll be like all right million bucks wait like my boss can't fuck <laughs> in my day today guarantee yeah. you time from inception and then i forget what it's called i think it's called like mountains or something like that from interstellar it's like driving to that to those songs it's like oh shit i'm literally in a movie right now mm-hmm. there's uh, nothing good about interstellar <laughs> murph <laughs> want to go home murph <laughs> i'm in the bookshelf murph <laughs> oh god um, when that bookshelf opened, I literally almost walked out of the movie theater. I was like, get, get, get me the fuck out of here. There's no way I would have survived watching that movie in a movie theater. Holy oh shit. God. I had to watch it at home and like break it up like across like three days. Oh my God. That's when I just thought that Nola was never going to make another good movie again. I was like, he's too successful. He loves himself too much. He's got to stop this right now. I, liked I, was, it I really enjoyed Tenet. It was I was in the talking stage with a girl that I really liked, and I asked her what her favorite movie was, and she said Interstellar. I had never seen it. I watched flag. it, and I was like, <laughs> First of all, you should have been like, look, I'm not trying to call you stupid, but there's no way you understood that, though, because nobody understood that. Man. There's no way this is not your even favorite to call movie you stupid. I'm literally not trying to call you stupid, but your favorite movie can't be a film that you didn't understand because nobody understood it. Sorry, just can't be. Oh my god, Mad Damon shows up trying to kill people. (laughs) You're like, oh, I love this shit. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. When so when there is there is like too many surprise Matt Damon appearances in movies (laughs) at this point. Like he knows he like there's too many surprise Matt Damon cameos. Where when he showed up though, I was shocked by that. I was like, wait, what? Matt Damon. Oh, shit, it's Matt Damon. Matt Damon is here? Because that's what you do when you see Matt Damon. It's fucking Matt Damon. Yeah, like in fucking that Thor movie. It's like, oh shit, this is Matt Damon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, so it, it, this movie, I will say, Dex said it in his review. Everyone's hot. Everyone's so hot in this movie. Um, everybody looks amazing. <laughs> everybody's, this is like pre- fat leo this is still skinny fat leo it's yeah they got the slick back hair the the three-piece suits it looks like a bond film when they start off in that first set piece and that was really re-watching it that was really interesting because i guess now there's like eight films in this film now that you mentioned it teach um yeah he, he was like i'm just gonna make seven different action movies it, there like different it, the, it's it's it, it starts off as a literal like heist film because he's sneaking out of windows he's with a femme fatale in his room and he's he did he's like shooting people with a sniper rifle and then all of a sudden they're just in, like they're asleep in the next scene it's a it's it really is disorienting to very and i think that's what he was going for for sure it becomes aladdin because he's like running through this crowded <laughs> village <laughs> throwing shit at like random people oh that's later them. on but yeah it, it it's it one thing i did notice when that i've never seen in a film when he was trying to sneak around and kill those projections which you don't know are projections at the very start 
he shoots and catches the uh the shell casing at the same time that's fucking badass i had never noticed that that was actually a really interesting thing but the set piece when they do the tip and this is the perfect use of slow motion it's it bar none i don't care what it when they tip him over in the bathtub that scene is perfect looking but to intercut that with the set piece of actual water coming in through because you know nolan was like i don't fuck care build it <laughs> that like, shit looks what? so cool the way that they did that it's like especially seeing it in a the movie theater you're just like holy shit man <laughs> like, they what, just had what leo stand I just walk into that shit is awesome i wonder oh, if it looks so fucking good every everything they do in that like cityscape thing just looks incredible and like it still pops off the screen today like no matter what screen you watch it on. really honestly you can watch that but that shot of him looking it has almost become iconic now that in the hallway scene of him looking up and the water the flowing water and it, it, it incredible set piece i i wish i knew how they built it but it it definitely screams nolan because he builds all these practical sets regardless of like i think they built an airplane when they did dark knight returns or dark knight rises or whatever it it it's incredible to look at and i just want to be want to know the shoes of the uh <laughs> of the set designer when nolan was like look i got an idea <laughs> he was like okay what <laughs> we need hundreds of gallons of water to flow into this room from the top <laughs> I want I want the next Nolan film to start at a diner, like at a table with two people just having a conversation. I'm, I'm just like I'm a Tarantino. Like, yeah, he's got to stop with the opening set piece thing. Like, just just trick us next time. Just literally open your movie with two people lying in bed sleeping. Like, that, you don't have to do the opening set piece anymore. But that water scene is fuck. That shit fucking bangs. That shit looks amazing. And the slow motion when he's falling into the tub. Only Leo could look that cool coming out of a tub being submerged. He looks so cool. Watching that this time, I was like, I would be so mad they told me I had to do that shit. Like, it just looks awful. To have to you know do. how many takes they probably had to do <laughs> for that, to do too? 30 of those. <laughs> how do you not hit a couple times hit your head on the back of the tub like, fuck, I'm out. I'm done. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> we're not doing that shit again. You got it. We're not we're doing good. that again. You got one. <laughs> um, Check the fucking are- gate. You got it. Why are there no niggas in this film? Uh, hey, I mean, <laughs> there are there are like a hundred projections of this film. None of them could be black. I'm sure some of them were black, but I didn't notice any black people. And I was looking for them. Wait, they so you're saying they don't dream about there, us? There were there were a they couple. Don't dream, they don't dream about us. <laughs> <laughs> even even in dreams, they don't want they don't want you as their security. <laughs> they don't want us. There. They don't dream about us. <laughs> Oh my god, the, the rich billionaire was like, "Black guys, my as my dream security." No, thank you. <laughs> no, no, thank, no, thank you. You're gonna have to chase that right now. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was one black guy that Joseph Gordon-Levitt killed. So I don't know if. Like, oh yeah, in the hallway fight. <laughs> yeah. Um, the. Uh... <laughs> god damn, that's funny. Oh shit, Teej, what you're saying is that you want black people killed on screen? Is that what you're saying? I want black people to do all the stuff on screen that white people do. All of it. The good films, the bad films. I want to see niggas everywhere in my films. Um, uh, But Nolan got around to it. He was like, oh, I'm just going to go make the black person the star of my film. Yeah, he had a black lead. He didn't give him a name, but he was a black lead. (laughs) (laughs) He was. He had a name. His name was the protagonist. Hero. (laughs) Which was super douchey to call him the protagonist, but it's the classic Nolan move to do that. 
But um, yeah, like something that I noticed watching this movie again after watching Tenet and like we watched the procedural a while ago for the pod, I was like, Christopher Nolan has got to stop making like these just random little like plot devices or like things that he learned into the entire like plot of the movie. <laughs> what do you like, mean? The, pre- the prestige is literally just a magic trick. Like the whole plot is a magic trick. Mm-hmm. This like is all about like this like little dream concept that he worked up. Tenet, it's all about the reverse pincer or whatever it is. Like that's literally the plot of the movie. Like stop doing that. Just just make regular movies with regular plots. <laughs> you don't. You don't but have. That's to not why you like Nolan. He's never going to make a regular movie with a regular plot ever again. Ever. He ever. tried to make a war film and he made it about time. Why? There's no like. That's not Super why. You weird were. decision. There's a. There's. It's literally about a war. Like you don't have to reinvent the movie. He was like, no, it's really about time. A story about that film. I really actually do enjoy that film more and more now that I think about it. But it is the score is amazing and it makes you feel so tense the whole time. And that's yeah. To say that movie stars Tom Hardy and then you all you see is his eyes is such a (laughs) Uh, the the but the concept of the the making it the way that he did makes you know you don't have to do that. It's an interesting way to film it, and I hadn't seen a war film done like that. Because it all kind of in and it ends up making sense at the end. <laughs> Just a story about that. I, I took my dad to see it because he's a big war film buff. And he was like, yeah, I'm really interested to see it. I love airplanes, all the classic white dad shit. Like I love World War II. And he was like, white dad. and he was like, after we got out, he was like, I didn't like that at all. <laughs> <laughs> It was just like, you know, it's just like, he's like a bridge too far or like Saving Private Ryan. This is where it's just straightforward. You're like, ah, I didn't, I didn't, eh, why'd they do that? I was like, you, you know what, you, good point. You can tell after watching Dunkirk a couple of times that literally he had the concept of what he wants to make a movie about and then he just applied it to a circle event. Like, mm-hmm. I want to make a movie that really is about time. Like, Dunkirk is about time, like, period, like, that is what the film is about. It's not about war. It's literally about time. And it just happens to take place uh, within the context of this war. You could tell they just want to make a movie about time because he's always fucking with time. He, time is like something that really fascinates him. And so he's like, I'm just going to make a movie about time that happens to center around this war or this this battle. Is Christopher and- Nolan from the future? Is he just like <laughs> where they figured happening. out where they that's figured out that happening. time doesn't matter? Where they he's figured giving out us this clues. Moment. He's yeah. like, listen, guys, time doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. Y'all don't see it yet. <laughs> You'll get there eventually. I feel like as we got on, Christopher Nolan has gotten to make more and more movies. He's just like completely stripped away, like pretending to care about like plot characters or like anything like that. And it's all about just like the overall concept or whatever. Cause like it's better than kind of I you can kind of start see, you can kind of start seeing the seams of it like with Inception like watching it now and then like moving into Dunkirk but then Tenet it's like literally just the seams. He was like I'm going to make like this <laughs> deconstructed like, It's like on shop and they're like oh I made like a deconstructed sandwich like nah fam like <laughs> you just when threw somebody some shit destroys a baseball and the cover comes on it's like no I just want the cover. <laughs> Why didn't you have to see Tenet? That shit is fucking fun, man. I'm going to watch it. It's amazing. He just like, not gonna know what pretend happened. to care I still don't about know what all happened. the other shit. It's just like, it just happens to you. Along I can those tell you lines, what happened in this film, and I've seen it twice. I still can't tell you what happened. Along care. those lines, I, after I got done watching Inception, my buddy Connor, who is 
been on this podcast texted me and he's like can you explain to me what the fuck happened in tenant like those exact words and i was like buddy i haven't seen it yet but i probably cannot but nobody knows what not. happened in tenant nobody knows um, it doesn't matter it went well, forwards it went backwards and now we're back one thing we got to <laughs> talk about in christopher nolan films and this is to all of a sudden become just a christopher nolan addendum but like uh Christopher Nolan, and we talked about this in the group message, has so many Christopher Nolan avatars in his movie. And this is like peak Christopher Nolan avatars. They're all Christopher Nolan avatars. Even, even Elliot Page is, is Christopher Nolan avatar in this movie. It's incredible. Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio being the biggest of them all. Like if you see, if you, okay, if you don't know who Christopher Nolan, what look Christopher Nolan looks like, he walks around in like a three-piece suit every day. Like this man's never worn shorts, you know, <laughs> like uh, his kids had to tell him what video games were like. It, it's just this sort of it's the reason Travis Scott did the stuff for tenant where they're like, you know, who Travis Scott was. And they're like, no nerd. And he's like, fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it, he just is that guy. You know what I mean? It, it, some would call it pretentious. It probably is. But if you look in every Christopher Nolan film and it gets progressively worse, there is a Christopher Nolan avatar. And in this, there are five. <laughs> it's incredible. He always, he always picks the most handsome people to be his avatar, like within the film. Yeah. It's like like a- there's Tom Hardy, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Leonardo DiCaprio are all Christopher Nolan avatars in this movie. They're all wearing three piece suits. They all have slick back hair. They all, <laughs> It just, it's mind-boggling. This movie is just one giant Christopher Nolan heat check. And <laughs> he came up hot. It is what it is. 45 and 10 for the king. Yeah, He probably I mean, realized at this point after this film that he could get any movie made he wants. And not only could he get it made, it's going to be a hit. And it's true. Like he, It doesn't matter what he makes. Well, one thing I do appreciate about Christopher Nolan is... Oscar movies for dumb people. These come out in July. You know what I mean? Peak blockbuster season. And that is... That's cool to see movies with high concepts that come out. And it's not just Transformers shitting and farting on screen. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's... it's. Hey, I'm going to challenge you just a little bit enough. And some people may not like it. And Tej, you've unraveled this whole entire thing but it, it, it is like i'm gonna entertain you but i'm gonna i'm gonna give you a little 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 taste little taste of high concept you know what i mean it's like, it's like high art blockbuster he, he, yeah. he literally invented the high art blockbuster diving back into some of the details of the film i wouldn't say that i say he copied steven spielberg a little bit but oh, yes that's fair that's fair but yeah, diving back into some of the details of the film. Can somebody explain to me this mouth shit? Like, I just, I am yeah. so lost. I just, and, and calling her Maul is so annoying. I thought it was yeah, Mo she, the entire, I don't know what I was like. Can she just have a regular ass name? Can she just be Mallory or just what is, like whatever? What is the name, what's the name of Elliot Page's character in this film? Uh, it's something a- stupid. Ariadne, which is a, yeah. which is a, a name for something else. Hold on, I'll find it. But go ahead. Every Derek. time they said her name, I was like, "Yo, what the fuck is that woman's name?" I don't know that woman's name at all. It yeah, and it doesn't matter. Like <laughs> as you go on, which is kind of sad. But 
yeah, this whole shit with Mal, I was like, okay, um, she's dead. She killed herself, but she's but she's not dead. She's in his head all the time, like the the Joker in that one Batman game, mm. <laughs> like that one Arkham <laughs> game. But like, but he Ariadne he was the daughter of King Minos of Crete. And his wife, uh, Pasiphae in Greek mythology. By her mother, she was the granddaughter of the sun god Helios. She's best known for a pivotal role in the myth of Theseus and the Minotaur. So basically the the maze. Oh. Boo. So I yeah, that was so that was Christopher Nolan. <laughs> and like, oh my god. Anyway. Yeah, so what the fuck happened? Somebody explain that to me. What? So what? what? <laughs> he couldn't create dreams because then Maul would basically destroy the stuff that he created in his dreams. But when Or I go- thought it was because he went to li- sorry to interrupt you. I thought it was because okay. he went to limbos for so long that he just which was hours and hours and hours and days and days and days that he couldn't do it anymore because he just forgot. Wait. Is that what happened? I thought it was because she wouldn't, because they say at some point, like, he can't create more worlds or more genes because Maul wouldn't let him. Like, she would physically, she would, like, destroy the shit that he was making. And so he wanted to go to other people's dreams. But, of course, he was bringing Maul into other people's dreams. But there's also that, there's also that thing where he goes to the, in in that, uh, the the chemist's, layer i don't know (laughs) their thing where they're a thousand you know hundreds of people are all dreaming at one time (laughs) and they say it becomes the only way that you can dream yeah because i don't know so i took it as yes i that makes sense but i took it as like he did it so much yeah he did it so much like i can't get drunk anymore you know what i mean like (laughs) he did it so much that he's like the high didn't hit the same so i gotta like (laughs) I have done all of the sleep crack. I can't do any more sleep crack. Sleep crack. (laughs) (laughs) Took all the mescaline that I could. But yeah, so like towards the end, it's like the reveal that he like did Inception on her and that's how he knew it was possible or whatever. So what what idea did he plant in her head? I was so confused. Was he like, planted in her head that she that her reality at that time when they were in limbo, her reality was not real, mm-hmm. and they needed to kill themselves to get back to their real reality, which right? is true. Which is true. So he implanted a true idea in her head. The problem was once they came back to reality, the idea was still in her head. So when she got to her reality, she still thought reality was another fake life because. She the idea was already in her head, and so he couldn't leave her head. So, so then she thought she reality thought she was needs fake. to kill herself again. That's why so, she killed herself, like and a, that's why she was doing reckless shit. Like, no, I like wrote, I like set it up so that everybody could know that like you did this shit. Like uh, you're gonna lose the kids, like because she doesn't think that what she's doing is real. She thinks that they're in another fake world. I wrote down a note about this um, that said, uh, "Let's see, she is." crazy enough to think that she's uh dreaming but not crazy enough to actually file a letter with actual lawyers (laughs) (laughs) it's just like i'm still dreaming let me go to these let me go to these dream lawyers (laughs) 
that are yeah, all we because, are having these conversations. You know, we all have dreams about lawyers. <laughs> yeah, I I just if you were in Inception, what would your dream be? Mine would be like, fuck, I've missed another test. <laughs> Dude, I oh still God, wake I up I still to that dream. Wake up, me too, me too. Dude, I've been out of school now for going on going on, I think six years. And I, I still have that dream that I've missed a final. I've, I've had the version oh. where it's like I s- registered for a class and then just never went the whole yeah. semester. Oh my God. <laughs> just like forgot to go. And I was like, oh shit, yeah. I forgot I was in this class. I forgot I was in this class. I've never been here. Like I have to take a final so those I can graduate. So, like, those are so vivid. Okay. Yeah. Just sidebar. We that dream where oh I missed a final and you know it, it I just failed the class. Uh, uh, Caitlin Harris, Dex and I friend, it, it, she literally did that where she overslept. <laughs> oh no! And missed time the day or like it was she thought it was one day, went to the class empty, literal nightmare like where it just it, empty empty auditorium. Oh my god, that's my worst nightmare. And she was like, hey. When was the I final? She goes tomorrow and not yesterday. She goes, the <laughs> final was yesterday. Oh my God. And she was, she started crying, like immediately crying. Like, but I mean, she got to be in school for another semester. Like, yeah. Long story short, she got to like take it for like a C or something like that. But that this is the first time I've ever heard that actually happening. Oh, <laughs> that act that happened to somebody my senior year in like our, like our final marketing class or whatever. And it was a dude that was in like my big group project group or whatever. And we all we all show up and take the final and we're like, uh, where's where's Jared? Homeboy didn't show up. Yeah. <laughs> Homeboy was somebody like somebody uh hit the group me and asked Jared where he's at. And then the next day he's like, Why are y'all freaking out about the final? It's today, right? And we were like, No, sir. <laughs> no, sir. That final's not, done. Not even once. Already drunk. That final's over. No, sir. <laughs> But yeah, we got to take it. He graduated and walked with us and everything like that. But we were like, uh, <laughs> the panic. <laughs> no. Um, no, so it, 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 it doesn't make a lot of sense, but it, and mostly because, uh, Leo whisper talks it into the camera about, I am planning an idea so far in her mind. In the <laughs> virus. And you're like, what? I knew it was possible because I did it. I did it to my own wife. Um, one of my favorite things that's so passive aggressive he's like uh they think i killed her and he goes thank you for asking or thank not, asking. not asking thank you for not asking what that i didn't I'm like bitch did you <laughs> real I mean, suspicious it, it, it kind of sounds like you kind of did a little bit <laughs> yeah i don't know why ellen slash elliot page doesn't follow up immediately with wait that was my next question did you do that shit yeah because i'm not i already know it already doesn't make sense that she went. He went to a college campus and literally told the person within five minutes, like, "What you, what I'm asking you to do is not strictly legal." And she was just like, "All right." Then <laughs> you bring up that you may or may not have been charged with a murder, and I'm immediately out. Like, all right. Also, strike, in the most out of here. vivid dream she's ever had, his wife kills her with a knife, <laughs> <laughs> and she like, immediately is like, "Fuck it, I'm back." <laughs> like, I, I love how it's like all heroin because he's he's like. Once you've had a once you've had a taste, like you'll come back. <laughs> For me, the insane part of her recruitment is like he told you what he's doing is not strictly legal. 
but he asked you to draw a maze and then he said your maze was a piece of shit like three times and you just kept going. I would have been like, dude, fuck you. I don't care about this. Like, I'm, I'm going home. <laughs> I didn't understand. I mean, it's probably a Christopher Nolan thing, but like he took the lines and she drew it on the, I didn't get why she drew it on the back. There's somebody smarter than me can probably explain or somebody screaming into the, into their phone right now. Why when she flipped it over and took the lines out of it, it made a difference, but I'm sitting there going like, what? No, nah, she, she drew it in a circle. So it's different. <laughs> so yeah. it's different um i do like the the it just the throwaway of okay where the fuck does this dream technology come from and uh why isn't be isn't it be being more widely used except for by like petty thieves and it's the biggest throwaway line and christopher nolan knows this yep. of being like yep. military developed it shut the fuck up yep like no more questions about that that's why that's why when the military developed it to they could like fight and stab and shoot each other and it wouldn't you know like what <laughs> just some like this some a... military weirdo enacting some weird fantasies in those dreamscapes <laughs> You gotta think there's gotta be like if it's military shit, all the military people are like posting about the shit out the ass on Facebook. Like yep. there's all those stupid, like very specific ads, like my uh my son's girlfriend's daughter's dogs, Marine, like <laughs> <laughs> was killing people in his dreams. Like it's also got to be some real like Westworld vibes, some super illicit sexual shit going on in some of these dream packages. Uh, they're, they're, people are going to use those dream packages once they become available for sex, just like the internet became for porn. Like they was teaches like Patricia. Teaches like Patricia Arquette. Sign me up. <laughs> okay, stop it. <laughs> Uh, they're getting in their avatar bodies and they're exploring <laughs> the, the quickly gonna become westworld i will say though the, about the military technology i mean it was answered after the fact but because it was like he goes to um michael kane's character and he uh sorry i have to do that um <laughs> he goes to that character and who i guess is unnamed which is i guess maul's father which why aren't they on better why are they on good terms and uh <laughs> and is is like hey you taught me how to like build these dreams and the dude's like i work out of a broom cupboard cupboard in a paris college why aren't you a billionaire like what <laughs> what is this i was so confused by that where he's like why isn't this more popular you're exploring yeah. literal dreams you must really love this teaching shit for you to just yeah, like, like you're trying still to doing the this. real bag. You could be making a lot of money if you are can teach people how to create dreams and go into their dreams and people's dreams and steal information from them. Like you yeah. should be, you should be Jeff Bezos level rich right now, Michael Caine. Like, also, what the fuck it. are you like? What are you assigning to these children that you're like? Oh yeah, I that one, Elliot Page. She'll she'll fuck up all your like dream building shit. She'll. She'll make the best mazes you ever fucking seen in your life, kid. Like, she's better than you, broke bitch. And you're just like, what? <laughs> Ow, she's never been in here. Yeah, why do you why do you know that? <laughs> what are you Elliot what Page are you goes on to make a class? lot of money in this field? Elliot Page went on to become the expert in this field. She made a shitload of money, I'm <laughs> the sure. Sequel, the sequel the sequel is him living on the island being like, 
Leo who, you know, like Cobb. Don't even, <laughs> never heard of him. Never heard of him, Cobb. Limbo, bitch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she d- dominates Limbo. Uh, so it's, I said this and we talked about Leo being in these in these films because there's a stretch here with like Shutter Island and just a few of these films where Leo's like doing studio action, like non Oscar worthy films. It's a weird stretch in his career. Let me hold on. Let me bring up his IMDb um, Everybody loves Shutter Island and I and it's nope good. nope I nope. But- I think that people that's an overrated Leo. Yes, thank you. I still never seen it. I I was like, I don't, I don't care. I got it on my ass for me. It's long and it is like a, it is a, it is a journey, man. People get on my ass every time I bring up my take about that, but it's, it's just, it. People are like, it's the best film. No. Um, My top five Leo movies. Okay, so there's like a, there's a stretch here, where he does, of course, like catch me okay he does gangs of new york catch me if you can the aviator the departed blood diamond which he's nominated for an oscar for what have you but then he does body of lies shutter island inception and of course revolutionary road is thrown in there so that's like the one for me film but he does three films there in a row that are like what like what was (laughs) what was that stretch that's such a weird stretch. And then he follows it up with Jay Edgar, which he uh, he guaranteed. He was like, oh, I'm winning. <laughs> he, he really he really thought. That was the he really thought movie. Yeah. Really. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that film. It's not good. You, you won't <laughs> like it. <laughs> but I'm glad he's in this movie because it like gives a little bit of validity to it. Because I don't know, like, learn to play a racist in order to do Django later. Is that how he developed yes. his racist chops? Well, who knows? Uh, <laughs> loving basketball, probably. But the, uh, <laughs> oh no, not loving basketball, the basketball diaries, rather. I'm about to say, Leo is not in love with basketball. He's in the basketball diaries where he's a heroin addict. I was just imagining Leo just sitting watching love and basketball, like, oh yeah. I hate this guy. <laughs> I can tap into this. <laughs> Enough of that. Um, the play a one-on-one for our heart. Fuck that. Loving basketball. Good lord, Royden. Um, <laughs> the basketball diaries with Mark Wahlberg, actually. But um, I'm glad he's in this film because it gives a little bit of validity to it. Because there's a star in there, like like Tom Hardy wasn't a star at the at the time. Joseph oh, yeah. Gordon-Levitt was in rom-coms and sitcoms. Um, Ellen Page had been in Elliot Page had been in Juno. Uh, Ken Watanabe's a star, but you know it 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 gives a validity to this. I, I if it was Christian Bale, it would probably do the same thing. But I think him being in this gives this a little bit more weight. But it's such a strange film for just Leonardo DiCaprio's in this film. It's just a huge paycheck, right? and you know it's going to be a hit. But like that, I mean, that's why you do the film because you want to work with Nolan. It's going to be a hit, and the paycheck is going to be massive. Yeah, but he picks and chooses his film so wisely. Even I mean, he had a weird stretch there, like I said, that it's it it's so weird when you see him in these big time, big like, time blockbuster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's weird to me. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. 
That's I, I think it's because that he's made so much like genuinely good shit that we don't really see him as the big time blockbuster dude. Like we don't see him that as way. the everyman actor. You know what I mean? Yeah, we kind of view him as more of like an art, like an artiste. Like he 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 picks these scripts based on the fact that he fucks with the character or that he thinks that he's going to do a good job with the character. And so when we think about it like that, it's hard to look back and be like, man, this guy was an exception. Like, yeah, I love, I love the thing that he's done recently where he's become sort of the guy like Daniel day Lewis after he retired where it's, I do one movie a year. Yeah. Leo's kind of like the actor version of what you talked about with Christopher Nolan, where it's like, he makes Oscar movies for dumb people. Yes. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Like you can, you can watch any Leo movie and be like, okay, yeah, I can, I can see why people think Leo's one of the goats. Like I get it. Like he can, he's one of those guys who can like break it down for you where you can see it, you know, like. Also, he doesn't have time to make more than one movie a year. Cause these 22 year old women are going to date themselves. So he's got to find some. <laughs> God damn it allegedly listening to podcasts while having sex with just supermodels because he's so bored allegedly but yeah you know like your your wolf of wall streets even your once upon a time in hollywood like recently it's like oh yeah i get it oscar movie for me somebody who just wants to look at a cool dude okay speaking of leo they've been in a couple of movies together as well but um Tom Hardy steals the show in this fucking movie. If we're talking about acting, just talking about any of the performances in this movie, TG said you don't like any of the performances. I think Tom Hardy is a revelation in this movie. I think he's so really? fucking cool. I think yeah, he's Tom so Hardy cool. is cool as shit. In this I think he's so cool. I think he's slick as shit. This made him a movie star. You know, he his agents watched this movie and were like, thank God. Oh my God. Like we are in. I could definitely see seeing him in this movie and being like, I can see dollar signs behind that guy. That guy's just cool. If I had to pick a performance that stands out to me, and, and like you said, Roy, I don't really love any of them, but I would take JGL. This is the first time I saw JGL and I was like, oh, that guy's not just like a rom-com guy. Like he can actually like, cause he's like so deadpan in this film. Like he, he's yeah. literally, he's literally not telling jokes. He's not laughing. The only really joking moment he ever has is like when he told, tells Ellen Page to kiss him and he's like, ha ah, just kidding. I was like, oh, that guy can kind of play those kind of characters and it kind of worked for me. But I, I love Tom Hardy, so I can definitely understand like seeing him like, oh, that dude's going to be big. But I yeah, my Tom favorite Joseph Gordon-Levitt moments in this movie are all him being shit on by Tom Hardy being the cool guy. Yeah, <laughs> there was a, there's a universe out there where Joseph Gordon-Levitt gets all the roles that Tom Hardy has gotten since this. But also, there's a role. There's a there's a universe where where Joseph Gordon-Levitt becomes somewhat of an action star after this. He didn't take that route. Uh, what, what does like he Mad do Max. He's too small to be in Mad Max. It wouldn't have worked with him. He does he does some interesting projects. I mean, he was in that Project Power movie that was ass with Jamie Fox. I mean, um, I feel like people should just not be in Jamie Foxx movies at this point. Like, that's a safe bet. Like, just don't, just don't sign up to be in a movie that stars Jamie Foxx right now. He wears a he wears a Saints jersey in that uh, movie. But he was in uh, he was in Looper. I mean, he was in Trial of the Chicago Seven. Looper's good. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he is in Trial of the Chicago Seven. Um, he played Edward Snowden, which wasn't terrible. Uh, yeah, but he did he he. He didn't get 
he didn't do oh well i mean after this he was in he was supposed to be robin he's in the dark knight rises yeah he got they, that, that little that little tease is like what's your name robin like come on yeah but what what something was supposed to come up that afterwards or he was just maybe like, I, I don't know i mean nolan said he wasn't ever gonna do anything ever again but you know i could see him as robin if dc wanted to bring robin in i could see them hiring that guy it makes but yeah i can't figure out if joseph gordon levitt like fell off or if nobody ever really cared as much as we thought we would like with him as a movie an adult. About porn and don john people liked it but yeah there's really not a whole lot here like recently I just gotta I mean the thing about Tom Hardy in this is we hadn't really I mean British people knew Tom Hardy but mm-hmm. it he had he had done a movie called uh, Bronson which was art house sort of thing but this projected him into oh this dude is this guy's a leading man yeah this guy's gonna be yeah. this guy's gonna be the next guy because he's slick he's hot he's just he just funny it was just all that stuff the, the the line about you have to dream bigger darling and he shoots a dude with a grenade launcher <laughs> uh, just oh fire chef's kiss and you can literally you can literally another way of seeing the scenes of this film is like we know leo's the star of the film he's in every set piece but when you have to leave somebody behind at the different levels like tom hardy gets his own level where he's the one left behind so he's the one killing all the bad guys JGL has a scene where the hallways are doing like this and he's got to fight all the bad guys. It's like, those are moments that are like huge, like for 10 minutes in this action movie or for five minutes or whatever it was like, you are the action star. Like mm-hmm. here is JGL, the action star. Here's Tom Hardy, the action star for five minutes in this massive film that everybody saw. That my, stuff matters. That stuff's important. Yeah. My problem with all of the action stuff in this is when they would leave these people alone or when they would do these huge set pieces like Leo standing back, all of a sudden the dream heist architect, one is a, a professional sniper, I guess it's a dream. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> but two, the guy who's supposed to be a thief, which is uh, Tom Hardy is also like a military expert and mm-hmm. expert ski skier, gold medal skier. Everybody can ski in this film. I yeah. just thought it was because they were white. Well, is that not just what y'all y'all do? Y'all just yeah, I just think all white people are born knowing how to ski because everybody was like, "Yeah, sure, skis, let's do it. I'm on it." Like, and I was like, "Oh, that would have been real awkward if I was in this film such dream, and I can't ski, so it would have been real awkward." I I, I ski a lot. <laughs> yeah, see, but yeah, one of my favorite moments in this movie is Joseph Gordon Levitt like levitating in the hallway mm-hmm. and hitting this man with like an inverted triangle hold and choking him out in mid-air. <laughs> I was like, dude, what a fucking sad way to go out. It's a dream and you're not real, but like, if you were real, you would never live this shit down. Like you you got <laughs> fucked up, like with an inverted triangle hold, like levitating in the middle of the hallway. What if everyone that was dream security was also like just in their homes, like work from home program, but they're also like real, like level security, like Halliburton security. Sh- shots of them waking up at yeah, the security desk, like, oh, oh, damn it, he got me again. He <laughs> choked me out. I can't believe that 175 pound man choked me out. <laughs> the, um, the, the, the scene, they don't, it, it's, it's, it's really crazy when you watch it back because you see, 
all of a sudden the thing starts to fall and you're like, what the fuck is going to happen? And it just goes in slow motion. And, and, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt goes like this toward like away from the camera. And it looks like he's on, I don't know how they did it on wires or something. Cause it looks like they're in, when you see one of those airplanes that go up into the atmosphere, you know what I mean? It looks like they're in zero gravity. So I'm not sure how they did it, but I was trying to figure that out too. I was like, man, how do they do this? It just looks so dope. It was an interesting choice by Nolan never to flip the camera on its axis. He just followed them as they ran around the, the ceiling and stuff. If this was like a Michael Bay film or something, it's flipping with them mm-hmm. as they're going. He just keeps it on one plane and just follows the action wherever it goes. And that's just where Joseph Gordon-Levitt's like crawling up the wall like a like Spider-Man. You're just like, oh, shit. And you're just like, <laughs> that shit was so cool. This movie, yeah, is so, this movie is so cool. Like, just you just got to let it happen to you. Like, if you try and like figure out what's going on, you'll be like, "I that was dumb. Like, I don't get it. Like, what the fuck is his wife doing here? Why do I care about this guy's dad and his deathbed? Like, this scene is too long, whatever. But if you just, like, let it happen to you, it's like, oh, shit, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. The uh, the other people in that hotel room just trying to go get ice, they're just like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's the whole thing, though. The emotional levity comes when you're supposed to feel bad for Achille Murphy um a billionaire uh <laughs> breaking up his dad's billionaire company also they literally just like completely made a message come to him from his dad that i actually was never his dad because they are just like projecting the dad so, so yeah your dad crazy. your dad was definitely disappointed in the uk yeah your dad was in the end this dude still needs therapy <laughs> and your dad definitely does not want you to break up his fucking company he wants you to get the fuck out of the way let the company keep running like it was running before yeah he's even more disappointed now he was already disappointed when he died but in the afterlife <laughs> he's he's like what the pissed. fuck he did what i fucking knew i shouldn't have no. left that kid no way <laughs> Just screaming from the afterlife, from hell. Why, God damn it! Why, why was was his, how do you say his name? Killian. I think it's Killian. I think it's yeah. I always wonder why I don't see him in more stuff. He's got such like a sharpest jaw in the West face. Yeah, he's got such a distinct face. I mean, he's Peaky Blinders. I hate that show. Okay, well, I've still never seen it. I have zero interest to be honest. I didn't know he was in that show, but good. I want him to, I want is, him to do well. He is that show. Um, I want him to succeed. I just don't want to watch that show. He's in every Christopher Nolan project. He's Let's got, see. He's got, a, he's got a, such a distinct face. Whenever he's on screen, he just kind of takes it over for a second. Uh, we talked about Mal a little bit. Uh, we don't really have to talk about the Mr. Charles ploy within the within the second dream. I did say the third dream was literally like a Call of Duty episode or a Call of Duty level. Yeah, I I was I was fading a little bit there. I'm not gonna lie. It's like I'm starting to lose interest in all I this. I hate every shit. second of that sequence. <laughs> every second of that third snow sequence is bad. And Tom, I love Tom Hardy, and I'm just like, God, why couldn't we have given Tom Hardy like some better terrain to work with and just fucking snow outfits? I don't want to see this shit. Put them in a high-speed chase and let me see him just fucking shooting people through the car. Like, Tom Hardy's way too cool for this. 
I, I just hated the I hated that last sequence so much. Yeah, and something about like I I mentioned in the group text that like Christopher Nolan will do action set pieces where there's like no blood and like really no violence or whatever. <laughs> but something about doing that in the snow, I was just like, this is whack now. Like you can't you can't just have these dudes like in coats like getting shot or whatever. Bro, we just, never like, want to see these fucking coats. We want to see them like. <laughs> They're it's all some swaggy in, shit. These fucking all, coats like, are in the way. Bubble coats, like in snow with no blood. It's like you gotta, you gotta give me some blood splatter on the snow or something. You can't just like have people get shot and fall down. Like it's whack. All right. Do we have anything else we want to talk about? I think we talked about this film at length. Oh, final scene. Let's talk about the final scene. Is the top still spinning? Yes, it is. Absolutely. Shut up. No, I mean it's oh. it, it, it fell. I'm saying it fell. Yeah, it fell. It's real. You it see fell. the kids' faces for the first time in the movie. He's in reality now. Yeah, it fell. Shut up. Christopher <laughs> Nolan has said it, by the way. He, he did? Yeah, I think he's said why it. Why would because, he do that? Because people kept asking him. I don't know why he would do that. I think the genius of that ending is leaving it open. But I always thought that he was in reality as well. But just leaving it open was cool to me. I don't like that he went back and clarified it. I remember... Though. I remember the mind fuck of leaving that theater the first time being like, mm, dude. Cause if, come it, cause on. if it's not reality, then like what are we just like in another sub dream? Like we've gone up a level or something? Like I, I I think that most people took that to mean that he was still in reality, but it's probably more interesting if he's not in reality. <laughs> There's so many articles if you just type in did the top fall. <laughs> yeah, and then you get all the people who are like, the point of the movie is that it doesn't matter whether or not the top fell because, you know, your dreams and reality, you're just, you know, whatever you decide <laughs> that you want, like, nah, fuck that. He's in reality. Fuck, fuck, just tell fuck, me what fuck you. <laughs> well, I thought he said that the top fell, fell because he'd been asked so many times, but I can't find the article. But yes, it's, it, yes. Yeah. It fell. We back. <laughs> all right. Um, all right, movies that self wait self important movies draft. Right after this ad break, brought to you by Apollo Media. Right after the ad break, and let's go. All right, <laughs> welcome to live TV. All right, so the draft order decks. I, I didn't make one. Fuck it. We'll just go Roy and Teach Decks. Order. It's Roy and Teach Decks. Wow. Okay. Um, my first one is a one that we've talked about ad nauseum. Uh, at length. Uh, the Irishman. Uh, that movie fucking stinks. Sorry. Why? Yeah. I hate that, that movie. Hate it, but it's so long. That movie is. Yeah. Duh. That movie is. It takes is, itself so seriously, too. It takes itself extremely mm, seriously. It is the most. You didn't have to. Scorsese being like, remember? Remember <laughs> all the people that you love? And, and if you're yeah, going to take yourself who, that seriously, you can't have Robert De Niro being 97 years old, not kicking a guy. Yeah, trying to beat a guy's ass. We can see that he's not kicking the guy. You filmed it and you blocked it in the worst way possible so we can see that this nigga's old as hell and he's not actually hurting somebody. And you plop that in the middle of a nine-hour film and it's like, come on, bro. Bones burgers are coming out of his ankles. This scene. Let's just fix the scene. Like, let's just, or better yet, just not even have the scene. Let's just have him threaten the guy and walk away. Like, use a double. Doing? Use oh, young God. actors. The Maybe thing once. about that movie that always gets me and like the discourse around it is people who love it will be like, oh, 
it's an ode to all the other Martin Scorsese films. Yep. And it's him like, you know. I'd like, rather watch those. Yeah, it's like, why? That doesn't make it better. Like, fuck that. It's <laughs> like, <I'm>, not cool. <laughs> why did I'd you do this for those. three hours? Just like, dude, just retire. Go sit down somewhere. Like, we get it. Okay, thanks. I drove two hours to see that film because it was not playing in the small town I lived in at the time. I drove two hours to see that film. And then I had to spend another eight on hours Netflix, the like a, watching yeah, that person. Like a, like a normal I had to person. drive two hours back. And it was on Netflix. And I was like, fuck that. I'm not watching it on Netflix. And then I was like, eh. It was all right. I'm not sure if it was worth the four hours total driving. I'm so glad it didn't win any Oscars. <laughs> I was like, I really yes. hope it doesn't win shit. Uh, zero. <laughs> None. Because it got, Skunk. I feel like it got the most nominations. Ten. Like close yeah, to ten. It. Yeah. Ten. And I was like, Big yeah, fuck, offer. fuck that. <laughs> fuck, you don't deserve Garbage. shit. This Garbage ass sucks. film. Fuck that movie. Sorry. That movie stinks. With my pick is, with all due respect to Emma Stone, who I absolutely love and cherish and adore. Oh, no. And I love her in almost oh, everything. No. Don't do the this The most self-important movie of all time is La La Land. That shit Fuck! God me. damn it! I'm, I'm fucking... It, oh, my God, bro. Like, I love this movie. <laughs> this movie's great. It takes itself so seriously. I just I just can't. And I, it, you, I have a thing... I have a very weird relationship with movies that are about Hollywood or movies that are about the movie industry or showbiz yeah. in general. Because I, I just have a tortured relationship to them. Not even that. It's just because it's like, I think that as a filmmaker or as a TV maker or whatever you're making, you just such a higher calling. Make something about literally anything else but your fucking job that you do. Like, mm-hmm. come on. It bothers me. And so watching La La Land, which I had to watch, even though it became like the most white movie of all time because it was up against Moonlight. I had to watch it, and I realized why people liked it, but I thought it was took itself too seriously. And generally speaking, when I feel like films are taking themselves too seriously, I'm out. I'm like, oh, you really think you think this is the best movie ever, and you are leaning into that, and it shows in right there in the film, and I hate that. So I wasn't really a big fan. Even though I, I, I love, love like I said, I love Emma Stone. Love her. She's my favorite. I love that movie right until Emma Stone's audition scene where she's like singing poorly and through crying. Like, I was crying. like, this, this shit is whack. I'm out. But like up until that point, <laughs> I love it. And then after that point, I love it again. But that becomes, scene is just so awful. It becomes really kind of pretentious when they're like dancing into the stars and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> yeah. All right. Can we get back to like the jazz shit where like white people explain jazz to, to us, please? <laughs> Yeah, just that one B movie. <laughs> like still you like jazz? You like jazz? All right. Dex, two picks. All right. So I'm gonna go with something that like just came out like last month, earlier this month. Time doesn't matter anymore. Like <laughs> the Snyder cut. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There is yeah. no fucking reason for you to make a f- four hour movie. Oh, 30 minute epilogue like the sequel bait for shit that's not going to happen you did not have to do that shit you are not saving the world as a dare as a (laughs) as a bit he made a four-hour movie like fuck that like i I get it the like 17 justice league fans like dc extended universe fans on the internet demanded that this film be released so you were just like fuck it i'm gonna just do whatever i want because the fans need me and they need my full vision of Justice League. But come on, bro. Like <laughs> you do not have to make that shit four hours. You not everything has to be in slow motion. You're not like making some huge meta commentary about like 
you know, how we treat gods and, you know, what is like gods and all this other shit. Like, get the fuck out of here. Cut this movie in half. Like, you do not have to do this shit. Is it better than the original? Yes, because Joss Whedon is a criminal. But that shit did not even be four hours long. Oh, good pick, man. Holy shit, that movie's long. Pick. God damn, that movie. I can't believe we watched that entire thing. I would like to let all of our fans know that when Royden says we watched the entire thing, that I still have not watched any of this film, and I will never watch it. Oh, God. Yeah, the Snyder Cut's against Teacher's Religion, so he sat that episode out. I refuse. Oh, my God. But yeah, my second pick is a movie that I actually really, really like. And that has come up multiple times on this podcast, oh, and Royden fucking yourself. hates it. Cloud Atlas. <laughs> yes, movie. God damn, I was gonna take that movie, but yes, that movie takes itself way too fucking seriously. As, as a bit, I was gonna take that movie just to piss you off, but thank God you realized that movie fucking sucks. That movie. Oh, oh, that movie is the worst. I I love the movie, one. but like, oh, you've never seen it. Oh, dude, it's it's one of those movies where they hours have long. Like, it's eighteen hours long. They have that all the actors play movie. like six different parts. It's one of those. Oh movies. god! Oh. So yeah, and, and like a, there's all these like other like timelines that are like kind of interconnected and they're out of order and like all this other shit. I really like it because you know I watched it in college with my friends and it's like I've I watched it in college with it. my friends too and that shit stinks. But, Dude, it it takes itself way too fucking seriously. A movie thinks it's changing the world, and it is not. But <laughs> it is a it, it is a non uh, it is a non uh, sisters uh, Wachowski and uh, what do you call it film? It is a non Matrix sisters Wachowski film. So yeah. that's that's how you know it's bad. That's bad. <laughs> It's got Tom Hanks and Halle Berry in it, and no one cares. That's how you know. Damn, that, that means it's not good. The true, true. <laughs> Definitely no Fucking stinks, man. Oh, I haven't watched that movie since. I just know from 2013 that movie sucks. I've seen it like four times. I have it on DVD, literally sitting in front of me right now. Ugh. My my next movie also do better for yourself. Old. Take a walk. Drink some water. <laughs> I hate this film so much. And I also am anti Sandra Bullock. I'm not a big Sandra Bullock fan. What? Oh, I know I'm where you're going. I know where you're going. going. Crash. This is the most. Oh, shit. Point. Never mind. Sorry. Go. This is the most. Oh, trust me. There are other Sandra Bullock movies you could choose from. I thought you were going to go with the space one. There are, I'm going with Crash. They now they gave this best picture. This film fucking stinks. It does. It is a very, very white take on race in America. It is awful. It's even worse if you go back and watch it now. I went back and watched it a couple years ago because someone made me. And it's even worse now with 2020 or 2019 lenses on. But it was even cringeworthy at the time. And I was like in high school when this film came out. And I was like, why do people fucking like this one? This one fucking sucks. But people, it takes itself extremely seriously. And people think it's good. And the only good thing about it is that they gave Don Cheeto a check. And I always want people to give Don Cheeto a check. So a king. Yeah, a king. Other than that, this one fucking stinks. Yeah, crashes ass. <laughs> I just realized he and Lawrence Fishburne have never turned down a check, ever. 
That's what it's gonna be the fucking new Space Jam movie. Like, yeah. he's, he will show up. I, I I was watching Matrix and I looked at Lawrence Fishburne's film, filmography. He's been a hundred and thirty projects. <laughs> like, good lord, we'll do um, whatever. Get that money. My my next uh, film or films, uh, if you'll let me take them, if you'll be so kind. Any Wes Anderson film, any of them. Ooh, I like this take. Any of wait, them. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, I like this thing. Yeah, any of them. We all film them from straight on, and everything's in a square, and everything's bright and colorful, and it's shut the fuck up. I'll be honest with you, I have never seen a single one of them. I have missed them all. You You've never seen, seen one of them. You've never seen Fantastic Mr. Fox? Nope. Wow. But that being said... That counts as two choices, because that, that, that I've seen a couple of his films, and I feel the same way about all of them. Do you want me that? That's that's two choices for me. Unless you have another one. Oh, I was I have a bit. Go ahead. The Godfather. It insists upon itself. Right. <laughs> yeah, it it really does. But the Godfather banks, and you you still haven't seen it. Yes, so don't I, I guess shit. I don't disagree. Nah, but you I'll, haven't seen it. You can't do that. Okay. Uh, well, you're I, right. You're not wrong, but you still haven't <laughs> seen it. So you can't yeah, you, you you can't do that. You know, look at me. You're gonna tell me I'm wrong. Uh, the uh, <laughs> she wore a crown and she came down in a bubble, Doug. That uh, shit fucking bangs, so it, it, it deserves to take itself. So okay, I'll take this then and uh, fight me, but fight club. Yeah, that was my next pick. You will, I will not fight you for that. Yep, uh, I <laughs> like choice. fight club. We've had this conversation a million times, it's a good movie. Uh, it is also toxic as shit, and yeah. And people think it's really smart, and it's not. Really yeah, it is not. It's, it's not. It's not nearly as smart as people want it to be. Nope. All right, Tej. People are gonna not like this answer, and I will start this off by saying not only is this film amazing, it has an incredible cast, and I have a lot of respect for all the people involved, yeah, in this shit. Film, including the director. And this film was good, and this film was a film I was gonna like. But Magnolia takes itself way too seriously. Mm. It has to. It, it takes itself so seriously. Much respect to PTA. It's it's a brilliant film. I love Tom Cruise. Obviously, Julianne Moore, Philip Seymour Hoffman, the Go R.I.P. Literally the greatest actor to have ever graced the planet. And William H Macy's in that film. Who, who doesn't love William H Macy? So I like Magnolia. College I'm not review boards. I'm not, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying Magnolia is bad. I'm not. It's really good. It's a great movie. It's not going to be my first Tom Cruise movies because I'm watching all the Mission Impossible films before I get to Magnolia. But that's because I love Mission Impossible. Magnolia is great. It just takes itself so, 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 so seriously. And it's just, you could feel it every time you watch the movie. But it's taking it over Vanilla Sky. Vanilla Sky is also kind of self important too. And it sticks. So mm -hmm. that doesn't help. But some Hayek is in that film. Mm. So. You want right. some, you lose some. Dex, two picks. Yes, all my picks are very recent because, like, I don't know. I'm just a recent movie kind of person. And actually, both of my next two picks are in black and white. And that, like, adds to the pretension of mm -hmm. these movies. <laughs> I'm taking The Lighthouse and yeah. Roma. Yep. <laughs> yeah. The God, Lighthouse. Stream okay, our Lighthouse episodes. Those are great both great picks. The Lighthouse, lighthouse. I, I didn't enjoy it at all, really, but... That's because it stinks. 
it, it's not good. And it like people, people who I like and trust and I like read and watch their reviews all the time are like, The Lighthouse is one of the best, most original films I've seen in a long time. And blah, blah, blah. And I watched and I was like, this shit is ass. Like, I hate this. I can't remember Why? if we all gave that movie like a D. I think we all fucking hate that, that movie. That film stinks, bro. I, I was watching it and I was like, I want to enjoy this. Like, I want to be like one of those high-minded, like critical movie watchers who's like, this is high art. And I understand like all the Greek mythology references. And this is so cool and smart and wonderful and black and white. But nah, man. Like yeah, four by three, sucked. he fucked the mermaid. Like, I, I, why? Like, Bro, this dude was reading long form poetry, and I was just like, "Am I really sitting in here watching this? Like, I don't care that he like get me out of this movie theater right now." There's so much cum in that movie. <laughs> that so shit. much, it's everywhere. And I was like, "Why? What about this? Do you people like what? What is there?" So wait, did did you hate Roma as well? Nah, Roma, I think is really good. It just. It's uh, it insists upon itself. It, it insists upon itself. But I cried like a baby in that film. I literally cried like a baby in that film. I remember being really, really sad, but I don't remember like what happened. Like as soon as I stopped watching the movie, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I was watching the movie and I was like, "Man, that's fucked up." But what what happened? <laughs> <laughs> Because it's in Spanish, it's in black and white, and it's like it's, it's a very slow. Shit. It's very long. It's a very slow movie. It's not like plot based. It's all just like feel and vibe. Like it just like coats you in sadness. But I I finished it and I was like that was really really good. I feel really really moved. Don't ask me to tell you what happened. Like she she got pregnant. Like somebody died. Like I I I'm lost. That might be the most prototypical Oscar bait film I've ever seen. And I, I thought it. it was going to win. But I thought it was going to win too, because I was like, I can't think of a movie more perfectly geared towards the taste of the Oscar voters. Uh, great film, definitely insists upon itself. I agree with that. Siege. I love my next answer. No, okay. I, this, this film stinks. And a lot of people <laughs> like this film. My favorite person that talks about movies like on a national level is Wesley Morris. Uh, he's amazing. He has amazing taste. He's been talking about movies forever. I really look up to him. And when he says a movie is good, I am in on the movie. And he sees the movies before I do, obviously. And he told me oh, on a really podcast nice. that Waves was going to be one of the best movies released <laughs> in 2019. And that is one of the worst films I have ever seen. And I, I pride myself on never falling asleep on movies and always, always, always staying in a the movie theater. Like, this is right before the pandemic. I love movie theaters. I'm obsessed with movie theaters. I'm not ever walking out of the movie. I fucking walked out on waves. That shit stinks, bro. <laughs> I walked out on waves before you even, like, right when you meet Timothy Chalamet's character, which is like an hour into the movie. I'm like, I'm out on this film. Like, that film fucking stinks. Uh, I, and, and everything about it is bad, except for uh, what's-his-face's performance, the dad, uh, Sterling K. Brown who's fucking awesome in this film. And everything else is a complete piece of shit. It's one of the worst directed movies I've ever seen. And I could not believe that Wesley Morris told me that not only was this film great, but like this film was going to like make Oscar noise. It did not. Everybody, like a lot of people hated it because that shit stinks, but a lot of people really liked it. I hated every second of it. Uh, that, and it insists upon itself so much. Oh, 
It's just the Isn't that the movie that you're saying it was the black family, but it was written by the white? Yes, yes. And you could tell, bro, like I should not be able to tell. I knew that the person who wrote this film was white, but I didn't have to look that up. I literally, you could tell by the way that the characters are written. Like this is not a black family. The black person is not writing this family. Uh, and that, that I just have nothing but contempt for that film. So fuck you, Trey Edward Schultz. That shit stinks. And uh, Wesley Morris, it's okay. I forgive you. You've given me a lot of gems and a lot of great movies that you recommended to me, but that particular one was not for me. I remember when that came out, like it was getting like, ooh, Dark Horse, Oscar contender, like Buzz or whatever. And then it didn't get nominated. And I was like, okay, I don't have to watch it. And then you told me <laughs> that it was some ass. I don't remember what that podcast we had you on, but you said it was Midsummer. Ass, oh, yeah, and I was like, no. okay, great. I'm just, I'm just never gonna do it. I don't have to. I was. So We've kind of done this okay. draft to draft a little bit of movies we never have to watch again. <laughs> You've drafted that before. Oh, I hate that film. All right, Wait I'm gonna go, gonna gonna go off the beaten path here. Um, this is also a very pretentious director. He's made some great films, though. Uh, he has one that could also be on this list with Mother, but considering I haven't seen all of Mother. I will go with Noah, the 2014 Noah. That movie was some cheeks, dude. That movie <laughs> was so pretentious. <laughs> yeah, like I get that you can use a biblical story to tell a message. I get that. But it was make it good. It just like they sold it as one thing. They're like, this is a story of Noah. But uh also it's about climate change, you idiots. <laughs> <laughs> fucking idiots fucking dummies you're killing the world this is about a flood the flood is coming and i'm like god damn like all right Let's, uh, and then there's just like rock people and just <laughs> that shit was ass dumb like they, they took a really good concept a really good art and and uh modern filming technology which could have been great and a great cast too by the way and they just were like global warming. This <laughs> just stinks. They're just like, man, I came to watch the Bible movie. Like, give me, <laughs> give me the Bible movie. <laughs> but there, there was some, you know, I, I don't really care that much, but there were so many evangelicals that went to that movie and like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, uh, <laughs> They didn't want Somehow, to. I didn't come to the movies for a message. Both those films work. Mother and Noah both work in that spot. Well, yeah, and Mother is basically about like the Christ Mother story Nature. and Mother God. Nature, and yeah, Jesus. Uh, that shit stinks. Ugh. <laughs> I would God. never watch that shit again. Like eat a baby in that movie? Fuck that. Just watch Jennifer that. Lawrence like go completely mad for an hour and a half, and I was like, I'm good. Uh, other movies on this list, Annie Hall. Yeah, um, I almost I almost threw that in there. Let's see. I had the artist. Fuck that movie. <laughs> I we we all love this movie, but Midsummer is that bitch. Hey, yeah. We are not putting Midsummer anywhere near this list. I refuse. Teach. I refuse. Teach. That film is perfect in every word. We gotta, we gotta be honest about this, though. Teach. Let's, let's tell the truth here, Teach. First of all, hashtag protect, protect Florence Pugh. Second of all, yeah, that film but... is perfect. It is a perfect film. And there, there are no flaws in that film. Mm. 
I love See, there are so no much. flaws in the film, but Ari Aster is a very flawed yeah. person. Yes, yeah, so he, he did make <laughs> he something strange about the Johnson. So, he's, mm, oh God, I can't, I can't defend that. But he literally made a perfect film. That film is a masterpiece. That is that is Ari. I Aster want y'all to listen off to me. The screen, dude, he is he is. <laughs> He is all over that film. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to fuck them up with this shit. Like, I every single scene. I want y'all to scene. remember this. I want y'all to remember in 30 years when you start to see Midsommar on these, like, 100 best movie ever lists. And so, no. like, number 33. You're going to be like, how the fuck is that happening? I want y'all to remember that I told you at the time that shit is a fucking classic. That shit is genius, bro. It's I great. Agree with we love it. Love this shit. I'm not even not- a horror movie guy, and I was watching that shit like this is fucking amazing. Like I don't, I don't do horror movies at all, and I was watching that shit absolutely riveted, like eight, white, camera- eight white claws deep. But <laughs> <laughs> when the camera turns up that side down, it does feel a bit masturbatory for Ari Aster to turn the camera upside down. Like we don't have to turn the camera upside down at that moment, but that's fucking awesome, and he should have done it. And that is the greatest movie. Of I'm all. gonna make a tapestry that outlines the entire plot of the movie. They won't even see it coming. <laughs> <laughs> These fucking idiots. Uh, I also added Drive. I love Drive, but Dex, you have oh, yeah. opinions. Drive is pretentious as shit. <laughs> it's super pretentious. Uh, but also, there... maybe all every movie that stars him is pretentious. But we can. Go Ryan Gosling. Hmm. Yes. Uh, it's not I... his fault. It's the stuff they put him in. God, he's so hot. Um, the uh, <laughs> I'll say that the uh, crazy stupid love isn't pretentious. I got I got one that hurts my heart a little bit because I love this movie, but book smart it yeah it, yeah it thinks it's it thinks it's way more important than what it was. Book smart is literally super bad, but like if the people thought that they were hundred percent better filmmakers than they were. And everybody involved thought they were making Shit. the coolest, most funny movie ever. God and I liked Bloodsmart. I liked it, but it's so pretentious. It like, oh. But I, yeah, I love, I love Bloodsmart. Bloodsmart, like, has quickly like risen up the ranks of my favorite movies of all time. I've seen that shit like six times. It's but good, but it's a, it's, it, is, it is not it as good a movie as they so thought they were much making. About itself. They thought they were making the. The, the best comedy of the last 15 years. Like they Olivia even, Wilde they thought, they thought she was that. about to fuck them up when she dropped that shit. <laughs> well, it's like, we all loved it, but there's so many people in it. There are so many people, though. A lot of people like, hated it. They fuck were just that like, movie. <laughs> yeah, yes. They hated it, or they were just like, I'm not going to go watch that bullshit. It's, <laughs> such a he- it's such a heavy-handed movie. It's such like a and if you already like, already granted, like, this is three straight ideas. males talking about this movie right <laughs> that's now. True. That's fair. But it's like, even as somebody who enjoyed the movie, it was like, I definitely understood why some people were like, that movie turned me off. Like, oh my God, like, I just feel like I went in there and got a lecture for two hours. I was supposed to laugh. I didn't laugh as much as I got lectured. But it's a great movie. I think it's good, but it definitely takes itself very seriously. I'll say this uh, movie that I was going to draft, but I just had to kind of let it go because it's not good. Um, and also another movie that goes hand in hand with this extremely loud and incredibly close <laughs> is the fucking worst movie that I've ever seen in my entire life. It's so goddamn bad. It, it has the greatest title of any movie. Welcome. It, That's yeah. Such a dope yes. ass and they have, movie. they have Tom Hanks in the promotion. They have him in every trailer and then they go in they're like, Hey, he died in nine 11. <laughs> And then you got to follow this autistic kid around until he finds a key. 
Like, oh, that film takes itself very seriously. Wow. Okay. Was not it's planning not to was not planning to watch this biggest bait and switch in the movie. Also, it goes hand in hand with this movie. Remember me with Robert Pattinson, where they're like, oh, by the way, he died in 9-11. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there have been no good 9-11 movies and we should just stop. Like we should just everybody relax. The it's one okay. with Nicolas Cage is fine because that's actually based on 9-11 when they use 9-11 as like the emotional plot device at the very end where you're like, feel sorry for the guy that died in 9-11. You're like, uh, what? That, that that's manipulative. That's, doesn't that Spike Lee and Edward Norton movie use 9-11 or am I misremembering it? What is the name of that movie? I'm not going to lie. I have no idea what you're talking about. There, I mean, there's there's the movie with Adam. There's a movie with Adam Sandler and Don Cheadle where his family died in that. Well, I can't remember the name of that Edward Norton Spike Lee movie. Anyway, I think they, I know it's set in New York. I think they use 9 11 as a backdrop. But that, everybody likes that film, but I don't like it. So I was going to do This actually, I haven't seen it in full, but this actually makes a lot of sense. Uh, Birdman. Yeah. Seems hey, like- man. That film fucking slaps. I don't care. One movie that fucking sucks that I'm surprised none of us drafted. Green Book. What the fuck? <laughs> I don't think Green Book takes itself that seriously. I think it's dumb. I think it's just dumb. Like I don't. I, I don't think it takes itself that seriously. I don't they think definitely it, thought they were fixing racism. They thought it was yeah. funny. Yeah. They thought it was like they thought they were making a funny movie, and that's just not funny at all. Like that movie. I hate it that stinks. Shit. I was it watching it. I was stinks. like, if this movie came out in like 2003, I would have been like, okay, cool. But it's fucking 2019 or whatever the fuck that was. Like, get the fuck out of here. We've moved on. Like, I hope Mahershala got paid very well for doing that film. Apparently, the Academy hasn't moved on because they gave it Best Picture and they gave it like a bunch of other shit. But the rest of us. They gave Mahershala the Oscar. Yeah. That shit is ass. Oh, uh, <laughs> theater nerds suck my dick across the universe. <laughs> I still haven't seen that one, but every theater kid that I know is like, "Oh, you gotta watch Cross the Universe. It's so fucking good." And I'm like, eh, "The Beatles don't slap. I'm good." The Beatles don't make any good music, so I know this movie's not gonna be. Good. On this list, though, Dex, a movie that we haven't done, The Southland Tales. Holy shit! The Southland <laughs> Tales takes it so seriously. Oh my god, that's an OG running podcast yeah. joke. We that gotta, is, that you got to that is a deep cut. <laughs> oh, for our original seven fans. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, oh, also, I had on this as well any Terrence Malick film. Oh my God. I had the same thought. <laughs> <laughs> Waco Native, shout out. I'm not going to tell a story or write a script. I'm just going to amuse you with pictures. Shut, dude. Write lines. What are we doing? We also got to give a shout out to M. Night Shyamalan for just his yeah. entire everything, career. The, everything. the fact that he didn't appear on this list is a miracle because everything he makes is so his pretentious as shit. Uh, the guy that I forget is uh, Lars Montier, I think is his name. Guy that makes uh, Antichrist, Melancholia. Oh, hold on. Yeah, Melancholia, Antichrist, the movie that made people walk out of Khan. Uh, <laughs> the house that Jack built where the serial killer made the nymphomaniac films. The weird one with Shia LaBeouf, but the weird one with Shia LaBeouf doesn't narrow it down. That is, at not, all. that is not narrowed down these films. I, nymphomaniac. Go look it up. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
there i just i can't get over garden state garden state takes itself on purpose seriously loss in translation i'm just reading off a listicle right now oh here it is this is the one i was looking for american beauty oh my god what a great answer i fucking hate that movie I, I could not believe that people were going all, all little gaga for this film. First of all, Kevin Spacey's a creep. Uh, and he literally plays a creep in the movies, which is hilarious. Uh, and second of all, that film fucking stinks. I think <laughs> Kevin Spacey was like, was like, hey, what if? And they're like, yeah, great artistic decision, Kevin. <laughs> Kevin yeah, Spacey like... walked in one day and said, do you ever feel like a plastic bag? And they said, holy <laughs> shit, let's run with that bag. Let's run with that shit. It's like when you watch an episode of Criminal Minds and you're like, these are some fucked up people who came up with this shit. Like, <laughs> Kevin Spacey was like, you know what? Life. They said, we're going to show you some tits in this movie and you're going to make people like it. And that shit stinks. But we got 1917 and Skyfall. So. Oh, yeah. 1917. I... 1917 banks. Nah. <laughs> How can you not enjoy that? I had so much fun the movie. Listen to our 1917 episodes. Like I'm our not going to lie episode. to you. I fell asleep. That shit was fun. That shit was Ow, fire. I was so stressed the whole time. I couldn't have fallen asleep. Uh, that shit was I, big fire. I was not I was stressed. stressed. I the was fuck out. I was out of there a good like, big 15, fire. 20 minutes. Big fire. All right. Uh, let's wrap it up. Hour 47 in. All right, Dex. What are we doing? Hashtag supporting Florence Pugh literally all the time. Black Widow is so close. July, mm. we are in there. We are here. We, we are fucking taking over. Also, we are shopping at ApolloHOU.com. We are doing that. We are out here with all the best Houston sports merch. Texans, Rockets, Astros. We got it all. Just general Houston merch if you want to rep the city. We have that shit and also you can get 10% off and support the podcast by using promo code one take pod that's o-n-e-t-a-k-e-p-o-d please dude please do that so we can eventually maybe please get some merch on there we will i i need a hashtag support florence pew shirt in my life yeah do it support the pod even if you're not from houston just just buy some shit and then eventually you'll be able to, you know, buy someone's take podcast merch on that website. I Can will. I, website one more time. It is Apollo Houston. Well, hold on. <laughs> yeah. It's Apollo H-O-U.com. Yeah. It's Apollo H-O-U.com. I will say this being a bad podcast host, but the, it is Apollo H-O-U.com, but you will find something regardless of your affiliation that you love on there the designers of all those clothes have been it's just great great color schemes great shirts great slogans everything go apollo hou.com promo code one take, one take pod. pod all right uh so support florence pew thank you for uh thank you to those of you who have left a few reviews on the uh, podcast on iTunes. That really does help us out a lot. I really do mean that. Thank you so much. Um, if you listen to us on iTunes or if you have an iPhone, 
please just go submit a uh, Apple podcast review that will help us get up in the algorithm a little bit more. And so you can see our bright and uh, shining faces a little bit more and uh, hear more episodes from us. If you listen to us on Spotify, please go and follow us on Spotify. Thank you so much. Uh, we are coming up soon. We will be having a review of the entire Falcon and the Winter Soldier series. Let's go! I'm so excited I, for that. I'm gonna binge watch oh, that when it all so good. <laughs> I'm gonna binge watch that when it all comes out. I haven't seen a single episode. Don't spoil it for me. Thank you very much. Um, we know we're gonna do that. Uh, Dex, who are we doing that with? The duo sports and stuff podcast. Uh, my homie Deontay Epps. He's a uh, fellow Baylor grad Mm -hmm. him and his homie do a great podcast where they talk about you know sports and stuff they get some really great guests on there too but they're gonna come on and they're gonna talk back and don't want to soldier with us i'm really excited about that shit because this show i can't wait for that so stay tuned that's in a couple of weeks we will give you an entire recap like we did uh via wandavision for that uh falcon and the winter soldier stay tuned for that also on the horizon we will have a a uh crossover podcast with Derek Foltz and stir the plot podcast we are working out the details on that it'll be a massive podcast thank you to stir the plot for the support and Derek Foltz for the uh, support uh you listened to one of his podcasts he said one of the bits was uh hilarious today yeah they opened the podcast with this like army commercial bit and it was the funniest shit I've ever heard in my life <laughs> Please go listen to Start the Plot after you finish this episode. It is worth the listen. Start the Plot is an incredible concept. It's very, very funny. Go listen to them. We will have a crossover with them very, very soon. Thank you. Download, subscribe. We out. I got you. One of the greatest, ain't no debating on it. I'm still levitated, I'm heavily medicated. Ironic, I gave them love and they end up hating on me. She told me she loved me and she been waiting. Been fighting hard for your love and I'm running.